Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. Good morning, Life Church. How are you today? What a day. What a celebration. Before I jump into anything, I want to welcome our guests that are with us. You have come on an exciting day for us, but let's, let's welcome our guests real quick. Today is the end of an era, an end of an era. We have been in this location for a little over five years, and today is our last day. You know, it's funny, in first service, we acted like we were pretending like that was the last one, just for them. You really are the last one. You are it. You are the ones that are here, the last ones. Before we move into our new building, what a day, what a day. I was thinking about the transitions of being here and all that this has been like, and I was thinking about at least 250 times we have set up and packed up this church. That's a lot. Listen, 250 times people have shown up at 5.30 in the morning to begin to put all of this together. Then we would have two services like we are today. And then we would pack it all up and celebrate if we finished by 2 p.m. We did all of that. We have worked through so much in the last five years. We have worked through inadequate facilities for sisterhood that met over at the office complex with little to zero air conditioning and heat and our youth who packed in tons of students in that same room and mm, it was special in that room. <laughs> we had inadequate facilities for Celebrate Recovery. We could not hold regular worship nights and we had little to no space for us to have community building time. I mean, as soon as our service ends, if you stay, we give you a job. And so you're like, I'm going to go on to lunch. And we understand. The struggle's been real. It's been five years of, of so many things that we have had to overcome. I want to share a little bit about our journey just to bring context to the to the era that's coming to an end. Because sometimes if you don't know the story, the journey, maybe you don't understand why some of us are crying and some of us are celebrating and we feel such overwhelming emotion today. But the journey started back in the spring of 2018. We were meeting in the first, I'm sorry, we were meeting in the Independence Mall. We had our permanent location there in the week before Easter, we received a letter from the developers of the Independence Mall stating that we had six months to vacate the premises because they were knocking down that wing of the mall. And 
overnight we became homeless as a church. We began to seek and pray to find a place that we could move our church and we were blessed by First Baptist Church to give us the opportunity to meet in their activity center. And, I, you know, I don't know if they'll see this or hear about this, but I want to publicly thank First Baptist Church for opening their activity center up to us. And we're so grateful to them. We held our first service in the gym here. And it was September 9th, 2018. We had the largest attended service we had had all year long that Sunday. People were curious and wanted to see how we were going to set up this room. And, and we had a super big attendance and we were celebrating after that day only to have Hurricane Florence hit Wilmington three days later. We literally had one service here before... Our city was devastated. This building had sections of the roof that had come off and it rained into the gym and down the hallways and flooded this building. And again, we were homeless as a church because we could not meet here. LifePoint Church, friends of ours, said we could meet in their building late Sunday afternoons and we, we met there for, for a few weeks and Finally, we were able to try to come back here only to discover that the Baptist Men's Association had turned this into their disaster recovery center. And for weeks, we were trying to have church in this room and, and the building was just not suitable, to be honest with you, to have a church. I remember a hallway, some of you remember this, that they hadn't replaced the carpet yet before we came back. And so we laid out just carpet tiles on the floor that they'd peeled up. And, and if you've ever, you know, peeled up carpet off the floor, the glue was still there. And if you didn't just step just right, you would step into the glue and you would get stuck. You would lose a shoe and the poor little children, you know, you'd be prying them off the floor to get them in the building. And there were men that were sleeping upstairs because they had descended on this place. And so... It was, it was less than ideal, and we were learning as a church how to walk through those difficult days. We'd been here a week, and then after months of trying to serve our city together and serving our members, we were able to begin to get our operations, our ministry, somewhat normal Unfortunately, coming out of the hurricane, many of our members had been displaced out of the city and many found themselves in struggle positions. And when we finally got ourselves back together, we had lost over half the members of our church. And we were struggling greatly coming back from that. And it's hard to do set up and breakdown on half the volunteers that we had. Our finances had had dropped, but I want to tell you that we persevered because this church is an overcoming church. We're overcomers. We, we don't quit. Somehow we keep going. I want you to know that this is one tough body of believers. You guys are strong and you just keep moving forward. 
And so we recovered and we began to grow again and we reached up to about 600 people after, after about a year of time and we were celebrating. We felt like the, the wind was under our wings again and we were sailing and we felt the, the power of God and, and then we made it to the beginning of 2020 and guess what happened? Yes, COVID-19 hit our world and the government then shut down, as you remember, churches and businesses and it was a difficult season for everyone. The church, of course, we were struggling because we did not have access to our building for a season and we were working through all of that. And, but we are overcomers, so we began to look for ways to minister and so some of you may remember some of this. We had drive-through prayer lines. You remember the drive-through prayer lines? And, and we decided if nothing else, we're going to pray for people. It was funny. We'd lay hands on cars, you know, like in the name of Jesus. And some of you would come by with your window about this cracked. And we'd be like, we love you and, and um, prayed for you. And, and we did what we could do. We, we suddenly realized the need for us to have an online church service, but because we had no access to a facility, we didn't come equipped for online church when we moved into portable. We had to find a way to bring a service to the church online, and, and that was one of the hardest things that we could ever do, and because we didn't have the facilities, we didn't have the technology, we didn't even have the skill, and so I remember I said to Bailey, I said, honey, um, you're it. You have to figure out how to get us online. And you have seven days. Um, and so through tears and through sweat and through late nights and figuring it out, we, we put a service online. Uh, it, it wasn't very good, I'll be honest. Um, but, but we were there and we were praying and we were doing our thing. And through that season, though, we, we would, you know, get up on Sunday morning and we would you know, we would gather on front of our TV, just praying the video would turn on. You know, y'all, we don't know. We we're just like, please come on. But, but we continue to find ways because we're overcomers. Our children's ministry, they made these, these um, boxes of, of, of supplies and delivered them to parents' houses during that time so they would have what they needed to do kids' ministry at their house. Amazing. So six weeks into government shutdowns, I decided that something had to change. And I looked around and I saw that the government said the ABC stores were essential. And I decided, well, if that's essential, the church is way more essential. So I believe from the prompting of the Holy Spirit, six weeks in a shutdown, I decided to reopen our church. Now, you have to understand at that point, it would have been what was considered illegal to open the church. Isn't that amazing in America? But I was determined that was what the Lord was speaking. And, and so I remember contacting Scott Anderson, worship leaders up here today, and said, hey, if we just happen to have church, would you mind like coming with your acoustic guitar and just singing? But realize that you and I might get arrested, you know, just might. And, and he's like, sure, I'll be there. I'm not afraid. And so, 
And then I sat with our, our ministry team and we sat at our table and I said, guys, I believe the Lord is speaking to me about opening up. And I said, you know, there's no pressure on you. Each of you has your own way of walking through this pandemic and where you stand with that. And, and I said, I'm not here to make a judgment. I, I just need to know who's going to help me have church that day. And knowing that the sheriff might show up and, you know, we'll just deal with it. I don't know what it means. And I said, so I just need to know who's there. And they looked at me. Their shoulders went back. They said, you lead us. We'll go. We don't care. We trust God. We trust you. We're all in. Amen. Because we're overcomers. We don't quit. We want to do the will of God and the kingdom of God. And, and so it was interesting. We, we planned that first service and it was to be on Pentecost Sunday. We were like, hey, we're going to open the doors on Pentecost Sunday. What a day it's going to be. And then that week, the Supreme Court of North Carolina ruled in favor of churches to open churches. And we were so blessed that we had already made our plans when they flipped that unconstitutional uh, um, rule that we couldn't meet. They flipped that on a Thursday we were already fully planned and had everything ready, and we opened that Sunday, and I believe we were probably one of the only churches opened in our state that day. I'm so proud of us. I'm so proud of us. But when we did return and we began to move forward, we had lost, like many churches, about half our congregation again. And for various reasons, without any judgment at all on people, that just was a, a difficult season and people didn't return. I personally felt like I had missed the mark in the previous years of not teaching our church body about faithfulness and strength and really being able to just persevere through difficult times and persecution. And, and, um, and so, you know, I did a series coming right out of that on the difference between being a fan of Jesus or being a follower of Jesus. And we determined as a church that we're going to follow him no matter what. And we, we locked arms and we decided as a church body that we forever will be overcomers. And, and we are that. And I want you to know you guys are amazing. You guys have, have shown up and stood up and have been strong and it's been amazing. But the, the struggle has been real. After the, the COVID-19 pandemic, if you'll remember, inflation impacted so many things, including construction costs. And we had been on this journey to, to build our new church on a piece of property that we owned and we had planned and prayed and cast vision and raised money and we'd been working towards it and then during the pandemic, the cost to build doubled. And, and so now after all that we've been through, I was faced with this time of, of realizing we could not build. It was impossible for us to move forward. And, and I was like, are we going to live in the gym forever, Lord? And I struggled to present to our church 
after the, the, the setbacks that we'd experienced that we were no longer going to be able to build our church and I was feeling the impact of it and if you'll remember a series I did called Pivot and I, I, I cast this vision about how, how great it is for God to pivot us and, and I was just setting you up um, because on the last week of that series after you were all about pivot, I said, guess what church we're pivoting and we can't build there but God made a way. He opened a new door and we've overcome again and God gave us the ability to secure the old jelly bean skating ring and, and now in just a few short weeks, we're gonna hold our grand opening in a brand new church building, amen? God has been so faithful to us through these five years more than we can imagine. And I want to just take one more moment. You gave a good clap, but I think it's worthy again for us to celebrate the faithfulness of God through it all. Can you join me for just one more time? He never left us. He kept moving forward. Ministry continued. Lives were changed. The Holy Spirit kept moving. I'm so grateful to our Heavenly Father who moved us forward, amen? amen. I wanna take this moment here as we are standing in this monumental season of closing out this era, and I wanna recognize our church ministry team. And I'm gonna call out their names, and I would love for you all to stand and keep standing. But I want you to know that this team walked it out through these five years, and they led, and they persevered and we struggled together and we we worked together at times we probably fought together because we were stressed but we we just kept arm in arm moving forward and so I want to recognize them and I'm just so grateful for our team beginning with Harriet Blevins would you please stand my love Gina Lindbergh Greg Redden, Jared Evans, Bailey Holmes, Nicole Roberts, who is in our kids' ministry, Eli Blevins. Lachlan Holmes, John Kimbrough. I want to give an honorable mention to Chandler Ritter, who was on our staff during all the pandemic. Where are you, Chandler? Would you stand up, Chandler? I love you, man. And what I want to say to this team well done. Well done. You've been faithful and you've been strong. And with all my heart, I love you and I appreciate you so much. God bless you. Church, would you stand and honor this team? Just, they just deserve an honor. Just honor them. So good.
So Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you that we're here gathered today. We thank you for the team. We thank you for every person in this room. I'm so grateful. And Lord, I pray that as I take the next few minutes and preach this message, that you would move our hearts, strengthen us for the future. We love you, Lord. And would everybody give me a big amen? Amen. amen. You may be seated. We're in a series, and I'm closing it out today since this is it. This is our last of this location, so no more series until we reach the new place. But our series is called I'm Over It, and I've joked over the last few weeks about, you know, I'm over it with this place so we can move on. And, and, and granted, I am a little bit over it, just to be honest. And I thought about what to name this last sermon, you know, like, what do I, where do I go with this last one here? And I thought about saying something like, my title is I'm over it with setting up and breaking down. And all of you would have cheered and said, us too. And that would have been fine and that could have been good. I could have said, I'm over it with not having our own church home. And you would have said, amen, and we would have clapped. I could have said, I'm over it with plastic chairs. And you would have said, amen, and you would have been great. I could have said, I'm over it with the uncontrollable air conditioning vents that freeze out half the church. And so if you sit over here, you need a parka. I understand, we can't help it, but we're over it. I could say that. I could say I'm over it with basketball goals and footballs in the baskets and soccer balls up in the rafters over here. I could say I'm over it. I could, I could, I could say all those things. And, and I'm over it, don't get me wrong. But listen, I'm also not negative and all those are like what I'm, so I have something better for us today. Here's what my title is today. I'm overjoyed. Amen. But listen, I'm not overjoyed about a new building. And I need you to catch the, the flip that I'm putting on it today. Because with the right perspective, we can look back with thankfulness and realize we have so much to be joyful about in our past five years. Yes, we've been through difficulties, I've shared some of those, but we've also carried joy in our heart through it. I don't want the pains of our past to diminish the wonderful things that God has done in the last five years. And oftentimes what we do, and I do it, we all do it, but we, we focus more on problems and we miss the wonderful ways God is blessing us. And so I have a principle I want to share with you today, and it's on the screen. But you can either focus on Jesus and find joy, or you can focus on problems and find misery. And it's all about what you think about, what you focus on, where your heart is. The Bible says in Nehemiah chapter eight, it says, this is the day, or this day is holy to our Lord. Now that's written in a time before, but yesterday was holy to God. Every day is holy to God. Today is holy to God. Tomorrow is holy day. So it says, this day is holy to our Lord. And it says, then do not grieve. Let me throw a few other words in there. Do not despair. Do not be downcast. Do not be miserable. Why? For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of Jesus is our strength. Joy comes from Jesus, not from circumstances. Circumstances are, are unreliable things. We find happiness out of circumstances, and happiness is not the same as joy. A couple of weeks ago, I 
I put on a pair of khaki pants and, and I hadn't worn these pants in a long time. And, and so first of all, I was really happy that they still fit. I was like, cool, anybody ever been there? You're like, hey, they still fit, I was happy. But I put my hands in the pockets and, and I found $22 in my pocket. Yeah, I was like, come on. I was like so happy. And I got in my truck and I'm driving out and I thought, you know what? I'm going to stop at the gas station and get $22 of gas. And I paid the lady. I went up and I went Bzzz, and I was done. <laughs> I went from happy to frustrated in about two minutes because that's what circumstances do. Happy, happy, I found something. Frustrated, I was staying at that gas pump. Government, inflation, president. I mean, I was on it, you know. I was ruined, I drove all the way over here, all mad all over again. Why? Because circumstances will treat you like a roller coaster. You'll have a good moment and a bad moment and your heart's gonna go everywhere. You're gonna be crazy if you let circumstances run your life. Listen, circumstances can ruin your life. But if you'll let Jesus run your life, you'll be joyful. Now listen, joy has to be above and beyond the difficulties. I'm not talking about ignoring pain. We're going to have pain. We're going to have difficulties. I'm not talking about pretending that nothing is wrong. And, you know, I mean, listen, it doesn't take long to figure out there are issues in our world and and we still need to fight the good fight. I, I agree. I know that. We need to use our voices. We need to understand the, the injustices and the wrongs in our world. And we need to stand for righteousness and biblical values. And we need to understand that inflation is high and we got to be budget conscious. And every, I mean, we, all of that, we understand the pains. What I'm trying to say to you about joy is this is overjoyed, meaning you're going to have to be joyful over the circumstances, over the difficulties, over what's going on in life. I, I, listen, I want to be joyful over and above what's going on. I can be a joyful warrior. I can focus my heart on the blessings and the faithfulness of God through it all. I can pray an honest prayer to God. I can say, God, you, you know what's going on. You know I'm having a hard time, God. You know it. But God, in the middle of this, I trust you. God, I, you're my strength and, and I know you're gonna get me through it. And so therefore, God, I'm choosing to hold my head up. I'm choosing to keep my gaze on you. I'm choosing to stay in joy because I know you're gonna walk me through it. Like joy, I can choose it. I can also look at the enemy and say, devil, I know, I know what you want, devil. I know you want me to be discouraged and I know you want me to feel defeated in life and you want me to be miserable, but devil, not today because my joy doesn't come from the circumstances. My joy comes from Jesus. So devil, sit back down. Amen. <laughs> Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the path of life. I want you to know that if you follow Jesus, he'll show you the way through it all. And he says in the scripture here, in your presence is fullness of joy. Not a little joy. 
Not a little, full, overflowing joy and at his right hand are the pleasures. And so I want to share with you this, that joy is possible if Jesus is present in your life. Amen? Can I get a better name in? Amen. Joy is possible. So one more point and then I'm going to wrap it up. I have a fun way to, and a memorable, meaningful way to close the service today. But the Apostle Paul, let me share with you, a little bit about him. He, he wrote the book of Philippians and when he wrote it, he was writing to a church he had started some years before. And so when we read the book of Philippians, we're reading his letter to that church that he started some years earlier. And so I want you to look at what he says to this church. And he says to them in the very first chapter, he says, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. He's like, every time. So, so he is writing this, looking back and going, well, every time I think of them, like, amen, I, I just give thanks to God. And he says, whenever I pray, I make my request with, request with, with joy. He's like, oh, yes, love that church. He said, you've been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ. So when I read this, I'm, I'm seeing this picture of Paul and he's, he's looking back with these, these wonderful memories of, of the church that he started and he, he's saying that every time I think back, I have this, this joyful thanks to God. And, and so I was just wondering, was it really that easy? Was it really, you know, cookies and, and milk the whole time? You know, did he have ice cream every night? Like, how happy was he? And I was like, is that really what it was like that he could every time he looked back. And I discovered in the book of Acts chapter 16, it teaches us really what it was like when Paul started that church. It gives us a, a behind the scenes glimpse. And, and, and what you're gonna find is that Paul and Silas, they were in Philippi, the city of Philippi, where this church was planted and they planted it. He and Silas, and they were there and they were preaching in the city and there was an uproar in the city and, and many people loved the message of Christ, but there were those that didn't and they accused Paul and Silas of breaking their religious customs. And so here's what it says in Acts 16. Now, I don't have it on screen, so just listen. But it says that the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. Oh, hang on, an attack? I thought everything was great. And it says, then the magistrate ordered them to be stripped of their clothing and beaten with rods. And after they were severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. And when he received those orders, he put him in the inner cell and fastened their feet to the stocks. If you read on, you would find that an earthquake hits and they're freed. It's a miraculous story. But Paul writes back to this church some years later and he writes this. He says, every time I think back about you, I give thankful prayers of joy. Now, I don't know about you, church, but if I'm the apostle Paul, I'm looking back, I'm probably remembering being stripped naked and beaten with rods in a public square and thrown into a church, into a jail. And many of you, amen, would probably think the same way, wouldn't you? I mean, you'd probably be thinking about the scars on your back and why the city leaders did you dirty and they ran you out of town. It's only human nature to recount the negative things that happened to us. We naturally recount every time 
there's been something wrong happened to us. It's easy to remember and rehearse the ways that people have offended us and rejected us and, and things have happened. Think we just, it's easy to play on that and to rehearse that in our minds over and over. Listen, if I were to sit down and, and write down every negative thing that has happened in the last five years, and I could write down every time the tech equipment didn't turn on and every time, I mean, I, listen, we could go on and on with everything negative. And if I could write down every time we had a setback and, and every time someone hurt me or the church in some way, listen, I would have a list longer than a CVS receipt. <laughs> have you ever gotten one of those receipts? What are they doing? I bought mints. I just need that. It's like you fold it and fold it and fold it and walk with a limp carrying that thing. It's human nature to re rehearse the negative things. And so listen, church, if, if you dwell on everything bad in your life, if you rehearse the past and focus on the negativity and the things that are happening around us, church, you're going to have a miserable and unhappy life. That's going to be your journey. You're going to be bitter and you're going to be a victim and you're going to be mad at everything. And, but church, if you want joy, then you can look back at God's faithfulness and you can look at what he is doing in your life right now. And so check this out on the screen. And here's the whole point. Unhappy people rehearse the bad and forget the good. Joyful people rehearse the good and forget the bad. That's, a, that's an amen moment, church, right there. So joy comes from remembering all the good things the Lord has done. And so what I want to do is to take just a few minutes today as we get ready to close out this, this era, this, this season of our church, and, and, and share the good things that God has done. Listen, I went through the, the, the stories a minute ago, and yes, we have the, the pains, but I don't want to focus on the pains. I don't want to look back a few years and go, man, when we were there, it was so terrible. It was so hard. And No, I don't want that. I want to look back and go, I, this is what God did. Because here's what God has done in five years. Many people have been saved and baptized in this building. Many or most of you began attending our church while being in this building. Amen? Let's show of hands. How many have started attending since we moved in here? Look at all these hands. Thank you. I love you. You don't even know. It's awesome. Many of you have found a spouse here. Some of you have had babies since we've been here. Amen? I love that. I became a grandfather since being here. I love it. Woohoo! People have been healed set free and delivered here. We have stood strong. We've held on to biblical values and we've walked with courage and honor and used our voices for the kingdom of God. Ministry has not stopped. It's been difficult, but we didn't quit because we're overcomers. We held summer jam. Anybody go to summer jam? Wow. Echo Youth Conferences, so good. 
Summer camps at Camp Rockfish, amazing. Sisterhood kept on rolling, baby. Sisterhood started a podcast, held flourish conferences. Celebrate Recovery. Listen, Celebrate Recovery grew grew from around 50 people to over 150 people every week. Praise God. Jody, let's just pause. You deserve honor. You have also pivoted. You have also been faithful. You have also stood strong, made tough decisions, and you've led well. Would you stand up, please? I love you, man. Thank you. Well done. Well done. My good and faithful servant, says the Lord. Amen. We have had the extravaganza here. Listen, we even had a petting zoo. We had a horse out here. I rode a horse at church. It was fantastic. I wish I could have ridden him in here. We had a Christmas market. We held several worship nights, had to set up and break down mid-week. We had the most supernatural healing service ever. People were supernaturally healed. We had amazing Easter services. We had candlelight Christmas Eve services. Our life groups have grown. Our worship team has grown in numbers. And, and, and I will tell you, the Lord has purified the hearts of that team in such a way they lead with such integrity and anointing on their life today. Oh my gosh, amazing. We have donated thousands of dollars to local nonprofits. We have worshiped the Lord here. We have served God here. We have built new friendships here and we've made a difference in our city from here. And now church, we're just on the edge of moving into a brand new place. I believe the Lord is saying, well done church, well done, well done, well done. And so what I'm saying to us is when we look back, I want us to understand that we can either rehearse all the difficulties or we can replay all of the ways that ministry has continued to thrive and that God has blessed us through it all. Amen. Amen. And so I was thinking about the season. And I said, Lord, what's the word for us? What, what, how would you describe us, Lord? And And I felt like the word that I would use for us in the last five years is overcomers. Overcomers. We're strong. I launched this series on this verse. 1 John 5, 5 says, Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And the reason that we have overcome is our eyes have been on Jesus And we have continued to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and we've stood on his mandates all the way through and therefore he gave us the joy of the Lord, the strength that we needed to be overcomers. Amen, church? Amen. So I want to close today 
with two things. And the first is, is I want to close with us writing on that, some letters that we're going to put out. What God has done for you in the last five years. What has the five years meant to you? I want you to write on these, and we've got these large L-I-F-E letters, and we'll have markers out, and, and I'll give you a moment to, to write down in a word, what has this meant to you? Like, you need to write down something good of the past so you don't focus on something bad, right? And so write down in a word, a phrase, what the last five years has meant for you, or maybe for you, you're like, I can't think of something, but... Write down your name and when you start attending here. Or maybe write why I love my church and sign your name. And we're just going to take a minute to do that. After that, we're going to come together and we're going to close out with a, a big song to celebrate. And so if, um, Bailey, if you'd bring those letters up. and I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet with me. And I want to thank you again for being here today and, and being part of this church body. Yes, we're excited about the past, but I want to I finish well here today. And so First Service has already filled out a lot, and so you can write around their names. and You can write it on the back. I don't care. Just fill it up. But we're going to take three or four or five minutes, and you can get in line. There's, this is L-I and F and E are in the back. And pick your letter and um, write what, what it means to you. Stay with us because after this, we're going to sing a song together and celebrate. Father, thank you for this day. We look back at the last five years and we are grateful. And Lord, we want to just write a word, a phrase that reminds us in a thankful way, as Paul did as he looked back with thanksgiving and joy. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.